Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Our leader for tonight is Joe. Hi everyone, I'm Joe. I'm a compulsive over and under eater. And um, this first time I shared via Zoom, and it's amazing. Thank you to everybody who has put this together, um, doing service, Garisha, and other people um, that have made this possible because it's definitely, um, these meetings have definitely saved my life, especially over the last few months. Um, and it feels like my program is probably stronger than it's been in a long, long time, um, which is, there's been a lot of challenges during the shelter in place time, um, which I'll go into, but there's also been a lot of things that it's brought me. Um, so I'm gonna start I'm compulsive over and under either. I've been, um, coming up on 22 years of abstinence the end of June. Um, I had eight years coming back and forth in OA um, where I wasn't really, um, really, wasn't really ready to, to just give myself to the program or do what people said. And the program didn't change over that time. They were like, people were like, work the steps, get a sponsor. Um, spend your first year in, um, you know, just concentrating on the program, don't date. And I thought y'all were crazy because in, in the in the OA 12 and 12, it says we came to OA for a different solution. And I came to OA to lose enough weight to get a husband or a boyfriend or whatever. Um, and I didn't want to work the steps. I didn't want to have a sponsor. Um, and I thought you were crazy. I just wanted a diet. And, you know, for most of my life, I heard growing up um, that if I had a certain body weight, then I would be acceptable. I'd be dateable. I would be married, you know, marriage material, things like that. And, you know, I spent a good chunk of my life chasing that and thinking that that's that was what would make me happy. And other things too, like money, a position, an office. So it, they, they, the goals kept changing and no matter what I did, it didn't make me happy because the problem that I had was spiritual in nature. And I didn't need, know that and I didn't want to hear that either. Um, and I didn't believe that, you know, where it came to food and the effects of my food that I was insane. Um, I thought I just needed the right food plant and I didn't have it. And if back in the day, if Oprah was following it, I had to try that. Or if this magazine said they had it and it was always this food plan that was going to, you know, save me. And then there was always like, um, I'd have journals and stuff where I journal food or I would journal when I would plan how much I would lose by the time the summer came along and everything was in the future. And I spent and wasted a good chunk of my life just doing that um, because that's what I learned. I didn't have any other tools. And for, for a period of time, I could follow a food plan and then I needed the food. The food got me through a lot of things. And then talks about in the 12 and 12, the insanity was 
there was a point, I think I was probably in high school um, where it stopped working and I could feel it stopped working. Um, and I would just try and eat more and different things. And I was anorexic for like a year and exercise bulimic for a year or two. All trying to get at this thing where I was controlling whatever was wrong with me. Um, because if the outside looked good, you wouldn't know that, you know, I was gay, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't this. I was, all these lies that my, um, my brain was telling me that I wasn't enough. I, I thought if everything looked good enough, then it would be fine. Um, and I chased that for a lot of years. Um, and I came away a bunch of times and it was enough to plant a seed. And, um, you know, I got sponsors and I wouldn't call them or I got sponsors that I could walk all over and wouldn't call me on anything because I have a strong personality. And then eventually I was in and out. I had like three years of really horrendous relapse before I got abstinent with it, with this abstinence. And when I picked up the food, um, it was just like I left off from my last binge and, um, and I gained weight. Like, I don't remember. It was like, I had lost like 30 pounds, 40 pounds in a way, sponsoring myself, going to a lot of meetings, reading the literature, starting to pray a little bit, um, but not really working the steps. And, you know, I found a boyfriend, which is what I wanted. We moved in together super quickly. I attracted someone just as dysfunctional as I was because I wasn't working the steps. And, you know, within a couple of weeks, I had gained like 20 or 30 pounds. And, um, and then I slowly stopped coming to meetings as much. And then I stopped coming to meetings because he was now my higher power. So that was sort of like a lot of the craziness because also if I had the a relationship where I had sex with this guy that was good looking or muscular or whatever, if I got this person, it would make me feel better. Um, and none of it did. Um, so eventually I was in therapy. I was stuck in therapy. I was obsessed about my body. And then my therapist just kept pushing me. She knew she couldn't help me to, to try OA again. She's like, you're not really, because I had like part of my disease was canceling on my friends um, because I was sick every Friday night. And basically I, I couldn't tell the truth that I wanted to be home alone and I wanted to eat. Um, and I didn't want to hang out with them. So I would make plans and be all excited. And then I was like, I want to eat. I want Pizza Hut, I want whatever food it was for enough three people going to a bunch of fast food places to be alone and lying about myself on the internet. Um, so eventually, um, she pushed me enough that I, she's like, you'll make friends there. Um, and I eventually, you know, that was enough to get me to come back. And a woman who was the founder of the, the Friday night meeting that I went to in, in Philadelphia, she came up to me and I didn't want to go back into that room. And she walked up, she gave me a hug and said, it was so good to see you. And she didn't shame me because I was visibly a lot heavier than I was the last time she saw me. And, you know, that was just 
that was enough and it was enough to make me stay in the meeting and then i just started making commitments that i was going to get a sponsor first it was i was going to get a food plan that didn't include any of the foods that i binged on i did that and i started committing it to people and then i got a sponsor within a week and we started working the steps and that is what changed my life um not all at once um but little by little each day um working the steps um and then sponsoring other people that started helping me more and more working step two putting an ad of what i wanted from a higher power because i had so much problems with religion in my childhood meetings were my higher power for a long time um and then you know my spirituality grew a lot i worked through the steps a few times um i started doing more of a spiritual practice where i meditate twice a day um for about 15 to 25 minutes each time um and that i mean that was after a few years you know um of working with the sponsor that I had in San Francisco and all of it just like everything that i was trying to push down with food i learned how to cope with life in this program and you know there's been a lot of amazing things um like i moved to washington dc i was there for 5 years in a relationship um and bought my own, my first place which was a small condo there um learned to be in a relationship and not have food between That's me 10. and the person I'm with thank you and then i was able to move to san francisco which was a dream of mine and there was a boy involved and we broke up within a month or two so there was a little bit of craziness in there too um but people had moved cross country and not lost their abstinence and people taught me to when I get there to start grounding myself in program and um you know I started going to a lot of meetings there like I did in Philadelphia like I did in DC and you know did service I was in the inner group level um and you know it it gave me I wouldn't say found, it gave me a foundation but also the steps did because the first like working the 10th step with my sponsor there for like a year it was my fears because I do a fear based 10th step it was I have fear that I should be living in DC I should fear that I should be moving back I have a fear this is a mistake I have a fear that all this stuff and eventually and I have I have a fear like the boy that I went there with like there was just like obsessions about that for a couple of months and she's like eventually that will lift and then you'll be you'll see him and you'll be like oh my god i cannot believe i dated him and that was that was the experience and i worked through it without having the pick up um and then i live in san francisco and i live in puerto vallarta between both places and for at least 10 or 15 years i wouldn't even go to the beach or take my shirt off let alone you know living part time in a in a beach town sometimes running shirtless because it's so hot and humid during the summer that's all like 
gifts that I forget about from the program because I had such self-hatred. And I'm 100 pounds, I don't know if I said the numbers, but my highest recorded weight was 300 pounds. I stopped weighing at that point. Um, I'm about 130 to 135 pounds less than my top weight. I'm not sure right now because I don't have a scale here in um, Vallarta. I usually get weighed um, when I'm in San Francisco, um, but my clothes fit the same um, and my food has been, you know, actually cleaner. Not I hate using that word, but I'm making all of my own food for the most part at this point um, for the last couple months and it just feels like in the right place. And I do prayers around it. Um, I, I try and pray now more, again, getting back into the routine of praying before I eat, thanking all the people who made it, breaking it down like the different parts of the, the meal, um, asking me to nourish me and all this other stuff. Um, it just helps it be more spiritual and asking to stop when I'm sat, you know, when I'm satisfied, when I'm full. Um, and it just helps put my higher power into it, giving thanks because some people don't, you know, a lot of people do not have food. And especially now they're struggling trying to, you know, pay the rent and for food and just realizing my blessings. Um, and during most of you know this, but during um, this whole COVID thing, um, my father-in-law um, had COVID and complications of pneumonia and died from it about three weeks ago, I think. Um, and it's still surreal. And thank God there was like these meetings. And I go to meetings, um, virtual meetings in Mexico City and from Spain too, in Spanish, but it, these meetings just, one, it's a lot easier to be in, in the language I grew up in, um, but just like sometimes just checking into a meeting and just sometimes not having my video on for some of it, sometimes mute, you know not sharing, sometimes sharing, just hearing the message um, and just hearing the message that food is not the answer and you know more higher power and you know it was a lesson in extreme power powerlessness um because we couldn't go to new york um because we could put my mother-in-law in danger we couldn't go to the funeral and not being able to be there um and being there by zoom which was surreal um and just this whole thing, like one of my best friends has it and just, he seems to be recovering, but you just, it's such a fucked up kind of virus. You just don't, you just don't know until someone's really out of it. And, um, and just checking in with him and just being powerless about that and the food will not help it. Eating more or eating when I'm not hungry, um, you know, is not going to bring my father-in-law back. It's not going to take it away from my best friend. But in before program, that's that was my go-to. Um, in the middle of it, like um, I was sponsoring one person for a while, um, and then someone who I sponsored before and sponsored for a while asked me to sponsor, and it was just like a gift from like. God to say like, 
this is also, this is a sign of, this is how you're going to stay abstinent. Like, because at first, like every time someone asks me, there's a little tin sometimes like, I don't have enough time. I work so much, blah, 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 all this bullshit. But the thing is, program gives more time. Um, and also part of my affirmations, which became part of my practice, I think, after I moved to San Francisco, is I have an abundance of time because my brain, my disease wants to tell me there's not enough time, there's not enough money, um, a whole bunch of not ofs, and I shouldn't try anything, I should just be in bed, eating, you know, watching Netflix or whatever. Um, and, you know, that was a blessing. Um, because it just is more another opportunity to focus on what the solution is. And then I've been meditating, I've been praying more, um, and also just trying to like be grateful that like when my when my grandmother had died, who I was super close to, um, and I wasn't abstinent at that point. It was that time I was coming in and out of program. I ate through the whole thing and didn't like. I was like, oh, I didn't cry or I cried a little. And it's be and I cried about her death after I was abstinent probably a year or two. That's when I felt it because I ate all through that whole thing. Um, and the rest of my family was too, except for there's also anorexia and alcoholism. So the anorexics were like, we have anorexics, we have bulimics. Alcoholics were acting up, drinking, and um, you know that's the best I could do then. Um, but today it's different. Like I don't have to pick up, um, and I'm trying to also look at you know the shelter in place, not like it's a prison. Like it's an opportunity that I, thank God I can still go out and walk, and I still can go out you know, either by myself or with my dogs for a run. And running is like, running and walking are like nine steps to myself. It's not part of like my abstinence or anything like that, but it's something that's healthy. And I had to, there are people from the meetings in San Francisco who helped me get to a healthy place with it too, because there was, there was times where I was just trying to, it got too much to be like, how do I manage my weight? And then the days where I feel like that, they got me to say, you're not going to run today. Um, and, you know, now it's sort of automatic, but in the beginning, it's like, fuck you. I want to do this. I'm, I feel like I'm dying almost like, like when I first got abstinent. But, you know, it's just using something else, just like food or money or whatever. Um, so I can get out and do that, <clears throat> trying different forms of yoga a little bit from online classes and YouTube and just you know, cooking my own food and just trying to like find whatever outdoor thing thing I have or like things with, you know, beauty, pictures of dogs, things like that to sort of like not feel like um, I'm in a prison because a lot of people are acting like that. Um, and I need to get out and be in the sun too or just like do some exercise because it just helps me emotionally too. Um, and then just checking in more with people through Zoom or whatever application, um, that's also helping me. It's giving more, me an opportunity to sort of 
check in with people, you know. Program also has helped with, there's a lot, like all of the things that I would eat over that I went through on my fourth and fifth step and stuff, like a lot of the, um, someone was talking about this the other day, a lot of the things that were on there repaired a lot of the relationships. And now I'm just like trying to like, keep in touch with people that matter a lot to me um, and not, you know, not be in a situation where, you know, I have regrets. Um, the other things when I was like reading like the steps and stuff, like it was like, willpower can't do this. Um, I spent a lifetime judging myself, judging other people, telling other people how they could fix themselves because I didn't want to look at myself. And, you know, running from this program because it was so hard and getting a sponsor and working the steps is not the easiest thing. And the first six months of abstinence, you know, had a withdrawal just like every other addiction. But every day, like people would tell me every day that you don't pick up, it's going to be a little bit easier and a little easier. And that was the case for me. Um, and like they said, like, Getting abstinent is a lot better than it's. It was hard coming back from relapse and getting abstinent the second or third or fourth time. Um, so for those that you know abstinent from the beginning, I don't recommend. <laughs> I I recommend keeping like it being the most precious jewel that you have if you have it, um, and. I'm just grateful for all of you and I've learned so much from so many of you and I appreciate this this opportunity. I haven't shared it and shared my story with me in a hundred years. Hopefully this makes some sense. Um, thank you again for everyone who does service here and thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Joe.